2 Kings chapter 10. Now Ahab had 70 sons in Samaria. Jehu wrote letters and sent to Samaria to the rulers of Jezreel, even the elders, and to those who brought up Ahab's sons, saying, As soon as this letter comes to you, since your master's sons are with you and you have chariots and horses, a fortified city also and armour, select the best and fittest of your master's sons and set him on his father's throne and fight for your master's house. But they were exceedingly afraid, and said, Behold, the two kings didn't stand before him. How then shall we stand? He who was over the household, and he who was over the city, the elders also, and those who raised the children, sent to Jehu, saying, We are your servants, and will do all that you ask. We will not make any man king. You do that which is good in your eyes. Then he wrote a letter the second time to them, saying, If you are on my side, and if you will listen to my voice, Take the heads of the men who are your master's sons and come to me by, to Jezreel by tomorrow this time. Now the king's sons, being seventy persons, were with the great men of the city who brought them up. When the letter came to them, they took the king's sons and killed them, even seventy people, and put their heads in baskets and sent them to him in Jezreel. A messenger came and told him, They have brought the heads of the king's sons. He said, Lay them in two heaps at the entrance of the gate until the morning. In the morning he went out and stood and said to all the people, You are righteous. Behold, I conspired against my master and killed him, but who killed these? Know now that nothing will fail to the, fall to the earth of Yahweh's word, which Yahweh spoke concerning Ahab's house. For Yahweh has done that which he spoke by his servant Elijah. So Jehu struck all that remained of Ahab's house in Jezreel, with all his great men, his familiar friends and his priests, until he left him no one remaining. He arose and departed and went to Samaria. And as he was at the shearing house of the shepherds on the way, Jehu met with the brothers of Ahaziah, king of Judah, and said, Who are you? They answered, We are the brothers of Ahaziah. We are going down to greet the children of the king and the children of the queen. He said, Take them alive! They took them alive and killed them at the pit of the shearing house, even 42 men. He didn't leave any of them. When he had departed from there, he met Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, coming to meet him. He greeted him and said to him, Is your heart right, as my heart is with your heart? Jehonadab answered, It is. If it is, give me your hand. He gave him his hand and he took him up to him in the chariot. He said, Come with me and see my zeal for Yahweh. So they made him ride in his chariot. When he came to Samaria, he struck all who remained to Ahab in Samaria until he had destroyed him according to Yahweh's word, which he spoke to Elijah. Jehu gathered all the people together and said to them, Ahab served Baal a little, but Jehu will serve him much. Now therefore call to me all the prophets of Baal, all of his worshippers and all of his priests. Let no one be absent, for I have a great sacrifice to Baal. Whoever is absent shall not live. But Jehu did deceptively, intending to destroy the worshippers of Baal. Jehu said, Sanctify a solemn assembly for Baal. So they proclaimed it. Jehu sent throughout all Israel, and all the worshippers of Baal came, so that there was not a man left that didn't come. They came into the house of Baal, and the house of Baal was filled from one end to another. He said to them who kept the wardrobe, Bring out robes for all the worshippers of Baal. So he brought robes out to them. 
Jehu went with Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, into the house of Baal. Then he said to the worshippers of Baal, Search and see that none of the servants of Yahweh are here with you, but only worshippers of Baal. So they went in to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings. Now Jehu had appointed for himself 80 men outside and said, If any of the men who I bring into your hands escapes, he who lets him go, his life shall be for the life of him. As soon as he had finished offering the burnt offering, Jehu said to the guard and to the captains, Go in and kill them. Let no one escape. So they struck them with the edge of the sword. The guard and the captains threw the bodies out and went to the inner shrine of the house of Baal. They brought out the pillars that were in the house of Baal and burned them. They broke down the pillar of Baal and broke down the house of Baal and made it a latrine to this day. Thus Jehu destroyed Baal out of Israel. However, Jehu didn't depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, with which he had made Israel to sin, the golden calves that were in Bethel and that were in Dan. Yahweh said to Jehu, Because you have done well in executing that which is right in my eyes, and have done to Ahab's house according to all that was in my heart, your descendants shall sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. But Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of Yahweh, the God of Israel, with all his heart. He didn't depart from the sins of Jeroboam, with which he made Israel to sin. In those days Yahweh began to cut away parts of Israel, and Hazael struck them in all the borders of Israel, from the Jordan eastward, all the land of Gilead, the Gadites, the Reubenites, and the Manassites from Aroah, which is by the valley of the Arnon, even Gilead and Bashan. Now the rest of the acts of Jehu, and all that he did, and all his might, aren't they written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? Jehu slept with his fathers, and they buried him in Samaria. Jehoahaz, his son, reigned in his place. The time that Jehu reigned over Israel in Samaria was 28 years. So Jehu becomes the king, and he executes, or he does what the Lord tells him to do. You know, he carries it out. The Lord is pleased with that part, gives him a promise and says, you will reign for five gen or for till the fourth generation, which turns out to be five generations, because you know him and then four more. And that turns out to be the longest of all the dynasties of Israel, believe it or not. And uh, there's a really, really cool um, kind of like, uh, what do you call it, dynastic layout on Wikipedia. If you go and put in kings of Israel or kings of Israel and Judah, they'll show you all the kings of United House, the divided houses of Israel and Judah, and then after that there's other kings in the Greek period and the... And then the Herodian kings, they'll show you all of these, it's very interesting. But there's a graph of this. And when you look at the dynasties and you count them, five, it's the biggest one here. And it, it says that he did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat. So this Jehu does what the Lord commands him to do, but he then doesn't continue to follow the Lord and follow the law of the Lord. So the sins of Jeroboam were basically this syncretistic worship, where instead of worshipping God the way he wanted, at the temple in Jerusalem with the set, you know, times of worshipping and all of that, he set up his own religion that's based off that. So it's a syncretism. And so Jehu probably may not even have realised, or he may have realised but not cared, I don't know. But none of the kings of Israel, including the four sons of this guy, the four descendants of this guy, none of them follow the Lord properly. The chapter starts with Ahab having 70 sons. Now, he's not the only person in the Bible to have had this number. 
Gideon had 70 sons from wives and one son from a concubine. So 70 official sons and one unofficial one. And um, at the time of Gideon, one of the sons, the unofficial one, kills all of the sons of Ahab except one escapes, Jotham. But now Jehu kills all 70 and none escape. Halfway through this chapter, Jehu um, sets up this false thing where he rounds up all the priests of Baal and the prophets of Baal, the worshippers of Baal. He gets them together and massacres the lot. And then he tears down the temple and he turns a part of it into a, this version said, a latrine or basically a toilet. Now that's interesting because that has been discovered in archaeology. Not the exact one that happened right here in this story, but there's a few other ones. So there was one discovered at a city called Lachish, which is in the north of Judah, which is, you know, not, it's not too far from Jezreel, maybe 50 kilometers or 40 kilometers south of Jezreel. And there they discovered a, a, a like some kind of Baal worship thing, which was turned into a toilet. So you can just Google that, just Google Baal worship latrine, and you'll see the pictures of what I'm talking about. So it's very, very interesting how we read these things in the Bible, and then archaeology discovers them and finds out that they are true. So Jehu does the thing that's very clearly given to him by the Lord to do. There's, there's this obvious thing. You know, you're going to be the king, and you must destroy the, the house of Ahab. So that's the obvious thing, but there's, there's other things the Lord's told him to do too. If you think about it, all the Israelites were told that they had to follow the law. They were told if they would follow the law, they'd be blessed. If they follow God's way, they'd be blessed. So he didn't do all the things the Lord said. He just did all the things the Lord said in that one moment. And so that's the same with us too. Sometimes we think we're following the Lord wholeheartedly. But if you're one of those people that never reads your Bible, or you know you, you don't pay attention to the Lord, then there are certainly things the Lord's trying to get your attention about, but, but he's not getting through. And that's one of the reasons why I always, I want, why I'm a person who likes to participate in listening prayer because I I'm, I'm really aware that just by being a person and just by living in this world, we're so oblivious, we're so sinful, we're so weak, we fail so easily and so often. It's actually not possible for us to be all aware of what God wants and to do it perfectly. So that's why we must walk in grace. But having a heart that knows that, you say to the Lord, Lord, I want to do things your way. Help me. Show me what you need. And by maintaining that type of an attitude, you've got grace for your failures and grace for your strengths. So in the areas that the Lord's helping you, you've got grace and you're helped. In the areas where you fail, you've got grace because in your failings and he forgives. So um, Jehu's a bit like most of us, you know, enthusiastic for the Lord, but still manages to not do a lot of things that the Lord wants. So we've got to be mindful. Lord, ask you to help us. I thank you, Lord, for Jehu. I thank you that, that even though he wasn't a, a good king, I thank you, Lord, that he expelled the Canaanite religion out of the land. And I ask, Lord, that idolatry would be expelled out of our hearts, the things where we worship other gods. Help us, Lord. Help us not to follow other gods. Lord, the gods of money and entertainment and sport and fashion and you know people pleasing. Lord, we've all got bits of these things that get at us. Lord, I ask you to help us to put them away. In Jesus' name, amen.